You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So at the beginning of the fourth chapter, we segued, we morphed, we slid from reading the Megillah to reading the Torah. And it's quite clear that the rabbis are actually much more interested in Torah reading than they are in Megillah reading. I guess it happens, partly it happens more often, but also, of course, the Torah is central. And the Mishnah, the fourth Mishnah in the chapter, picks up with more details. The person reading the Torah shouldn't read fewer than three verses. Somehow three seems to be a minimal number. This is the minimal number for an aliyah. So we're going to call up a certain number of people. We learned yesterday that we're going to call seven on Shabbat, six on Yom Kippur, five on on um, uh, festivals, four on Rosh Chodesh, and so on. So we're going to call these individuals, but how much do they have to read? Well, of course, now the aliot are pretty much prescribed. We can look at a printed chumash, and we know the traditional makeup of the aliot, but they didn't have a printed chumash. And they had much more freedom. Perhaps, as we said yesterday, they weren't even operating an annual cycle. So there was flexibility, but there was also a minimum. The person called up shouldn't read fewer than three verses. And the Gemara explains that these three verses stand in some way for Torah, Nevi'im, and Ketuvim. In other words, these three verses minimally stand for the whole of Tanakh. Lo'ikra. He shouldn't read to the translator more than one verse. So in those days, well, they didn't have a printed chumash, right, with a translation into English and commentary. So they had a translator, a maturgaman, who would be standing next to the Baal Kore. And as the reader read a verse, the maturgaman would explain it in the vernacular, in whatever language they were speaking in those days. And maybe it was Aramaic, but maybe it was a different language completely. And of course, we don't want the translator to get confused or to lose his place. So we have a halakha that the reader doesn't read more than one verse before handing over to the translator. And then the Mishnah goes on to say, Uva navi shlosha. In the Prophet 3, if when we're reading the Haftarah, we can afford actually to read three verses and hand over. I guess because the rabbis are less, they're not going to learn halakha from the prophets. So they're just a little bit less anxious about something becoming forgotten or missed or, or whatever. If the three verses constitute three separate, well, parashayot, is a parsha, and I've translated here as paragraph following Sepharia. If the three verses are three separate parshas, he must read them one by one. I was trying to find an example of three verses that are three separate parshas. The verses Vahibin Sohat Vahibin Moshe Kuma Hashem there we have two verses that make one paragraph. So if we read three verses there, we definitely cross over two paragraphs. And the Bartanura brings an example from Isaiah where he would say they're not paragraphs in the text, i.e. patuach and satum, not breaks in the text, but clearly 
the Barsanura brings an example from Isaiah where clearly the prophet is reading on three different instances, three different issues in three different verses. They jump in the prophet. What is this about jumping? Well, we do this actually in our Haftarah. For example, Shabbat, the Haftarah for Shabbat Shuvah, classic example. It has actually portions from three different prophets. And sometimes we jump around in the prophet. In other words, a classic Haftarah might not be a set of continuous verses. So the Mishnah, and that's okay. The Mishnah says, Medalgin Banavi, in a prophet you can jump. The aim You can't jump in Torah. Somehow we need the Torah is a continuous whole, and we read it continuously. We don't jump around in Torah. That kama And how far can you jump? We jump so that the translator will not have to stop talking. The idea seems to be that. Maybe we're going to read three verses in the Navi and the prophet for the translator. He's then going to translate or comment. And while he's translating, we can roll the scroll a little bit and then jump along. But we can't make the community stand around and wait. So in those days, to jump meant to roll the scroll. And if we're going from the beginning of Isaiah right the way to the end, that's a long way. So there is a limit. We can't roll the scroll far further than the translator can talk for for three verses. Let's go. Let's go on. We're on the subject of the Navi of the prophet. Let's keep going. Hamaftir ba Navi, the person who reads the Haftarah, the person who concludes with the Haftarah. Who pores al Shema? He can pores the Shema. We said yesterday, we're not quite sure what this means, but it's probably reciting the brachot for the community before the Shema. So the person who reads the Haftarah, it's an honorable thing to read the Haftarah. So he gets the right to pores al Shema, he stands before the ark for, he's the Shaliyah Tzibor, basically for Shacharit. Maybe for Musaf, and he can uh, bless the people if he's a Kohen. And the Im Hayakatan al And if he's a, a child, his father or his teacher passed before the ark in his place. That's really interesting. So we have a child reading Haftarah. There seems to be no problem with a child reading Haftarah, but in order to be over lifnei hateva, in, in order to be a shaliyat sibur, you need to be bar mitzvah. A child can't be a shaliyat sibur. So the child can read the haftarah, but his father or his rav then takes the honor of being over lifnei hateva, of um, being the shaliyat sibur. And the Mishnah then goes on to, to emphasize and clarify, katan kore Torah. A child can read in the Torah. And we find this absolutely amazing because it's part of our bar mitzvah celebration now that we get a child when he's bar mitzvah, when he's an adult, we celebrate his adulthood by getting him to read from the Torah. And we, I mean, we know this is a new, sort of a new phenomenon. There's a letter on record. I think it's Rav Soloveitchik's father, Reb Chaim of Brisk. He, he sent away to yeshiva. He 
he somehow he misses out his third. He's too embarrassed to tell the Rosh Yeshiva he's it's his thirteenth birthday, so he never gets a bar mitzvah. Anyway, today it's a big thing, and the child reads, but not in the time of the Mishnah. In the time of the Mishnah, the child could already read before he reached the age of bar mitzvah. Katan Koreba Torah. Umutargem, a child can read in the Torah and he can translate. He could be the translator if he's particularly, if he's a child prodigy, he may know how to translate. Aval. But there are certain things you can't do before your bar mitzvah. Aval, reading from the Torah is clearly not one of those. But all the usual mitzvot, which might, we might think of being forbidden to a child, are in fact forbidden. Aval, he doesn't say the blessings before the Shema. He doesn't go before the archive. He's not a shaliyat sibur. And he doesn't lift up his hands. So there are limits. But the essence of Torah reading somehow is open to children as it is to adults. Someone who's in ragged clothes. Pocheach is someone in rags. Pocheach pores Someone who's ragged can read, the, can parase the Shema, he can read the Shema blessings. He can translate. There seems to be something disgraceful about someone who's not dressed properly reading from the Torah right at the beginning of the chapter. Remember, we learned Ha Kore. Um, someone who's reading the Megillah can stand or sit and straight away the Gemara came back we learned the Gemara and said when you're reading the Torah you have to stand you cannot sit it's not like the Megillah and somehow when you're reading the Torah you have to be dressed properly but someone who's not dressed properly can't read from the Torah a child can, but someone who's dressed in rags can't. He can't be a shaliyat et kapav, and he can't lift it, he can't bless the people. Suma poreset shma umutaragem. This is really interesting. A suma, a blind person, can say the brachot before the shma, and he can translate. And that is a question. It is questionable. Does can someone who doesn't see say the bracha of Yotzer Hamorots? Can someone who can't see say the bracha of of, of creating light? And Rabbi Yudal Mer, Kol Rabbi Yudal says, Kol Amorot no Peresa Someone who's never seen the light from birth can't recite the brachot over the Shema. There's a discussion about this in brachot, actually, about a blind person who says, well, actually, I do gain benefit from light, even though I can't see it myself, because other people can use it and they can see me. And he brings the example of a blind man who's walking down the road holding a light. Not that the blind man can see the light, but other people can see the blind man. So it's a hot subject in 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 the brachot. But let's just go back to the question of the child. How is it that someone who's not bar mitzvah can read the Torah for the community? And the Meiri comments, I think we haven't brought the Meiri before, but he's very incisive commentator on the Gemara, and he comments on this Mishnah. Katan Koreba Torah. A child can read from the Torah. 
שאין הכוונה אלא להשמיע לעם. Because the only purpose is to make the people hear. In other words, the people have to hear the Torah, but it doesn't matter very much who reads it. Ein zor mitzvah gmura kishar mitzvot. This is not a commandment like the other mitzvot. Shene marba kol she'eno muchuyav, eno motzieta rabim midei chovatan. This is not a commandment like those others about which is written. This is in Rosh Hashanah. The individuals who aren't obligated can't perform it on behalf of the congregation. So we know, for example, the child can't blow shofar on behalf of the congregation. He can't sit in a sukkah and say the bracha of leishe basukah on behalf of the congregation. But somehow he can read from the Torah. There's something universal about reading from the Torah. And there's indeed a brighter which starts with the word hakol. Remember, in the last chapter of the, of the Mishnah, we came across all of these expressions that began hakol. Hakol k'sherim likroa at Megillah. Everyone's kosher to read the Megillah. Kol hayom kasher likriat Megillah. All day is okay to read the Megillah. Kol halayla. The whole night is okay to read the Megillah. All of these, these expressions begin hakol. And sure enough, there's a baraita at this point in the Gemara, hakol olin the minyan shiva. Everybody can be included in the seven in in the count of seven. This is, of course, the seven called up on Shabbat. Even a child or even a woman. And then the Gemara continues. A woman shouldn't read from the Torah out of respect for the congregation. We don't fully understand what this respect is. It seems perhaps that a congregation that called up women was seen as one whose men were illiterate. And of course, there's nothing more terrible in, in the sight of the sages than a congregation where which is illiterate. So th- there's a question. There's a question about, about respect for the congregation. But there is a principle here that Torah is somehow universal. It is accessible to everybody. Even uh, the, the Jerusalem Talmud actually explains that even a slave can read from the Torah for the community. There's something universal about Torah reading, which is sets it apart from all other mitzvot. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.